Hey everybody and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and that makes this the first ever 14th episode of Cloud Control. Uh, hey Kate, good to see you once again uh, for another exciting episode. How are you? I'm fantastic. You know, we just seven days into the into the year. We're anticipating a lot of cool things to come. I get a tattoo tomorrow. Like 23 <laughs> off to a hell of a good start. It is. I beat God of War last week. I hadn't got to talk about that oh, on the show yet, yeah. but I mean, it's just good things right now. You know, the new year starts off and you're like, it's fresh. It's a good start. It's going to be a good one. And you just see how long you can keep that up for, you know, and hopefully it's the whole year. Uh, I don't know. It's got kind of morbid, everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're back and we're here for what is, I guess I would consider this the last kind of end of the year, start of the year collection of podcasts. Like there's always the game of the year show. There's our award show. And then there's our prediction show. And finally, there's this one, which is, I guess, the fourth horseman in the collection, which is our most anticipated games of the year show. Uh, so that's the topic of the show today. We're going to be going over our most anticipated games that are supposed to come out this year. So cross your fingers, they do, because we all know there's tons of delays these these days. So uh, let's hope these come out. We'll go over those. And then at the end of the show, Kate and I both have brought a game to talk about that we've been playing recently as well. So we'll talk about those at the end. Um, and one last piece of housekeeping before we get into the show today is that uh, for those that have been listeners for a while, you'll know that we have a subscription uh, you can subscribe to our podcast here for $1 a month through Anchor, um, and we donate all of the proceeds to charity. And um, last year, we had chosen uh, prochoice.org slash donate as our charity for the show. So all proceeds uh, we raised last year were donated to the cause, uh, which is fantastic. And thank you all so much for you know, sparing whatever you can. It's, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate being able to uh, make even a small donation. So um, feeling really good about that. And that means this year that uh, we are picking a new charity for 2023 uh, for those who choose to subscribe uh, to our show. And so we are looking for uh, potentially some listener suggestions of what that charity should be. So if you would like to write in with a suggestion of a charity that means a lot to you or an idea of where we should send our proceeds for this year, you can do so uh, to cloudcontrolpod at proton.com. Me, uh, let us know where you think we should donate, and um, Kate and I will make a decision and let everyone know on the next show where that money will be going. But again, thank you all so much. We really appreciate the ability to do that. Um, and with that, Kate, I guess we should get into the episode for today, our most anticipated games of 2023. Now, I know we both have some honorable mentions as well, because we only have so many games we can talk about and fit in on the show. So before we get into our actual picks, just let me know, like, what are your honorable mentions uh, for most anticipated this year? So in most anticipated is always a very difficult thing to nail down because there's so many cool games coming out, like there's so many new releases. And so I've kind of got a few honorable mentions that sort of slot into like the genres. Like I picked different games from four different genres for my anticipated games. And so I've kind of got a few honorable mentions that were just like, well, I don't want to have two that are too similar. So the games are going to sort of represent right. <laughs> a few different games here, but Rounder mentions we've got in the uh, kind of Metroidvania sort of style Crowsworn. I think I must have told you about this game. I've kickstarted Crowsworn actually. Okay. Um, something I don't do very often, but I have kickstarted this game. It looks absolutely phenomenal. It's a very 2D, like Team Cherry style kind of atmosphere, very Hollow Knight. Um, this might be a bit of a spoiler for what actually made it on the nomination list. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all knew that was coming. Um, we all knew that was coming. Uh, so Crossworn looks amazing. I kickstarted this, I think, two years ago, so I'm super excited to see that coming out. And shout out to the developers that have given us a, like, crow cart, like mm -hmm. a little racing game to play while we wait for this to come. <laughs> That's been delightful. Um, obviously, there's going to be a Souls-style game on the list, which will come up, but... I want to give an honorable mention to Nine Soul, which is a really beautiful looking 2D Souls-like sort of game. Uh, and then the other one is Another Crab. Oh my God, <laughs> Another Crab's that. Treasure. Yes. Do you remember that? I remember that game. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know if this game will be good. Um, it's basically like a comedy parody Souls-style game where you're a little crab with a dodge roll and you fight big bosses. It's ridiculous, but it looks like it genuinely might also be good. <laughs> I remember seeing that on the trailer, and I was just like, what in the actual hell 
are we looking at right yeah. now? But you know, I I think I owe it to myself to play this game. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then my final recommendation is a really kind of like heartfelt um, indie game, and that is, if you remember, we played the demo for Storyteller. Yes, uh, that's right. That's right. That was a cool that game, actually. Of, very unique. Yeah, very unique. Sort of like a puzzle game where you have to fill in the blank pages of a book and end up telling a story. So there's there's definitely some interesting um, bits in the demo that I think you can still play on Steam. But the full release is supposed to come out in 2023. It looks really neat. Yeah, that's a cool game. I've, I got my eye on that one, too. You know, it's it seems like mm-hmm. a, just one of those really individual puzzle games that never really been done too much before. So uh, mm-hmm. those are always cool. Yeah, good list. Um, So my honorable mentions, I got three here. Um, The first one, Final Fantasy 16. I'm really hyped for that game. And if I knew that it was going to be good, um, I would have it probably in my top four, which we're going to be talking about. But mm-hmm. there's always this kind of question when it comes to some of these bigger AAA games. And I, I know like Final Fantasy 15 wasn't the greatest, even though, you know, I didn't think it was bad, but I just don't have quite the confidence that every Final Fantasy is going to be a hit to put it in my most anticipated um, even though I think it does look pretty damn cool. So there's that. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is another one that's oh, yeah. uh, coming this year, which I'm really excited for. Um, not because of the Star Wars, you know, I don't dislike Star Wars, but the gameplay was just so much fun and exploring those maps. I really, mm-hmm. I really encourage you to play this game, um, at least the first one, because it well, is it, so it Souls does. adjacent. The first one is a, a PS Plus offering for right. January, so I'm definitely going to check it out now. I've got no excuse not to. Exactly. No, I'm really happy for you to to play that for sure. And my last one, which I purposely left for last because I know that it's one of your, uh, your games we're going to be watching the trailer here for, so I won't say too much about it, but uh, this is the Plucky Squire, everybody. One of the games that just blew us away uh, during whatever showcase it was um, when we watched it last year so. Um, I guess without any further ado, we'll get into our most anticipated games of the year. Um, starting with, Kate, if you'd like to introduce your first one, it might match up very well. <laughs> yeah, so this is a debut game for Studio Possible Futures. And as you said, it is called The Plucky Squire, everybody. Let's watch the trailer. Here we go. It's just so cute. Like, it's immediately mm-hmm. adorable to look at this trailer. Yeah, it it's really nostalgic, is. It's nostalgic, this like child bedroom kind it, of thing. It reminds me of uh, the start of like the original Super Smash Bros when they're kind of the toys are in that living room. Once you know? Oh yeah, time, There was exactly. a plucky squire named Jock. It's just such a cool idea because, I mean, you're in that storybook, right? Like the storybook here is like a top-down Zelda sort of style game. But the way that it moves across the pages and the, you know, like it just looks so unique. And generally being very heroic. And there's, there's just so many different things going on. Like there's that puzzle section to get the bridge. There's like a punch out mini game. Like, you know, it's going to go into here, into some like bullet hell style almost. And then. And then it just turns into a, yeah, there's also like a whole 3D platforming section, which is just bananas. I mean, we're kind of extrapolating that, I guess, but like, it looks pretty fully fledged. Like this, you know, it reminds me a lot of Mario Odyssey in the way that there was the 3D platforming sections and then it would become like you could go into those 2D walls. But instead of being mostly 3D with the 2D sections, this looks like it'll be maybe more of a split and fully fledged both styles, which I think is a really cool proposition. Yeah, so this Mario Odyssey is the, is the comparison I make to this game. Like this to me looks like a full fledged like first party Nintendo game is like the kind of atmosphere and also the like level of polish the game looks like it has. Mm-hmm. Because like I was down to play it just in the book section where you're doing like, yeah, the top down cute, maybe there's some combat, there's some puzzles, you know, you get the the little bit of like the punch out minigame sort of sort of play styles. And then he jumps out of the book yeah. and now it's like a whole 3D environment and you're like, holy shit, like I was already in, but now like this game is blown wide open. I agree. I, I can't wait to see what it ends up being. And the fact that it's, you know, it's an indie game, it's their debut game is also very impressive. Um, just mm-hmm. to see something of this quality coming from, you know, smaller teams like that is, is it's amazing. Um, it just shows like how diverse I think games can be, which is yeah. really cool. I expect this game to be, and I'll be really disappointed, but I'm pretty confident in my expectation of like, this game is just going to be adorable and charming. And it's the kind of game where you're just going to feel comfortable cozy and have like the biggest smile on your face all these little things just start happening to you 100 
Uh, okay, my first anticipated game of the year. Um, we'll go from an indie to one of the biggest AAA games that could be potentially coming out. But I don't care because Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales, both on PlayStation, have been phenomenal games. And I can't wait for the sequel. So let's check out the trailer for this. Uh, Spider-Man 2, everybody, from Insomniac. Oh, boy. Insomniac. Killing it. Like- they, just, they just churn out top quality mm-hmm. stuff, you know? top quality i love the atmosphere of this trailer too like you know this dirty kind of street scene it looks a lot more like gritty i think than the first two games yeah it's it's darker than i did which actually interests me like this makes me a lot more interested to go back and play the oh, original i got the sound off my mistake One could surprise <laughs> yeah you i mean you should I, i'm interested for this game more so than anything because it's clear like in the trailer miles morales and peter are together now like this game will feature both spider-man and i'm just thinking like you know what will that do for the gameplay like we see here they're using like a combo move in this it's not gameplay it's a cgi thing but you know will there be sort of combat inputs for for like, controlling miles will you be playing only as peter will you be switching uh, just seems like right. a lot of possibilities. Yes. And then, of course. Yeah, of course, the big reveal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Venom, it's not necessarily a huge surprise to see Venom in this game. Like, he's so, such a popular character that, I mean, he's going to make an appearance at some point. But to me, what what's really, really interesting, too, is thinking about what other villains could show up because... The original mm-hmm. games, like, sure, they had kind of had, like, Doc Ock was the main villain of the first one, but there was other other villains that showed up. There wasn't just one character in that game. And I, I'm just interested, like, you know, I would love to see character like Craven show up. Craven the Hunter, especially being reminded of him from Marvel Snap. I'm like, man, that would be really interesting. But, um, right. I mean, yeah, I'm just interested for this game to see. I, I can't wait to see how they maybe diversify Miles and Peter a little bit in terms of their skill sets. Like, they do have very similar kind of fighting styles both as spider-man but miles has that venom strike stuff so I, I would love to see them kind of go more into a little bit of diversifying those move sets a little bit more um and there's the questions like will someone get infected by the symbiote um you know how will they improve the movement even more like the swinging is already so amazing but they've had two games now to build it like what will the third one feel like in terms of the movement which is already some of the best in any game um it just it's so exciting to me to see what comes next mm-hmm. from this so, yeah, that's that for me. But uh, Spider-Man looks great. It does look good. And genuinely, like, yeah, I I had kind of, not I don't want to say I'd written off the first two games, but I just didn't think that they would be, like, games I would ever really get around to playing. Like, it's just not as much my kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But looking at this trailer, I'm like, man, like, can I fit them in somewhere? Because, like, I can't <laughs> do without playing the first two. Um, yeah, I mean, you could you could look up story story kind of trailers, I guess, if you wanted yeah, to, but definitely you true, want to get a feeling for it. That kind of stuff just stresses me out. But <laughs> um, man, there's just too many too many games to play, and uh, I guess that will throw me onto my second pick of the of the list. And this is sort of a game where I don't know necessarily how much the game actually interests me, <laughs> but. It's the pedigree that that uh, that it comes from, and this is what would be the weirdest pick normally on my list is Armored Core <laughs> Six. Was, the thing is, Rubicon. if it was made by any other studio, this would be a very weird pick for you. But exactly. because of your love for the studio, like it makes sense that you're interested in the game, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. If this was made by any other studio, I would have zero interest. Like I don't <laughs> care about Met games in the slightest. Like. The only positive feeling I have towards Met Game is a little bit of nostalgia for custom Robo back on the GameCube where you could famously customize your Robos. That's the best part of the game, uh, customizing that Robo. And apparently that's a big thing of Armor Core. So there's a lot of Robo customization. But like looking back on the old Armor Core games, like I just don't see anything that appeals to me. But that being said, it is from software's return to the series after doing souls exclusively for the last like almost like ten, what 10 years it's been a long I think time it's longer like, than I'm 10 years really if you count long, demon it's been souls like 20 years maybe oh of course you count yeah. demon souls so it's been a while um and from software is just i mean they're working on other things too but i mean one of these things they're working on right now is fires of rubicon and i think i owe it to myself 
um, or, or either because it's good to step out of your comfort zone and try something new or because like I talk all this shit, I got to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of both, right? But I think I think that's a good yeah. point about like stepping out of your comfort zone. Like I think it... I think playing games of all varieties really helps to like give perspective on games you like, even if you don't always love the variety. So it's kind of interesting. Anyway, here's the trailer for Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. What do we think? I remember watching this at the Game Awards and my soul leaping out of my body briefly when I thought for a second this was going to be sci-fi souls. I was like, mm. oh God, are we doing sci-fi souls? Like, oh, right, right, right. It's Armored Core. <laughs> Do you think they ever would do a Souls game in the sci-fi setting? Mm. I don't think it's impossible, but I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. I feel like such a key feature of Souls is the fantasy. The dark fantasy? Mm-hmm. Speaking of dark, look at this red, this red vibe. Well, that's the thing. Like, this is such a, like, From Soft Souls opening, right? It's like a world on the brink of collapse. That's every single From Software. Yeah, wow. You know? Get like, some creativity from mentioned... software. Jesus, same plot every fucking time. Oh, society's <laughs> on collapse again. Oh, no. Oh, but they do it in such a different way. It's great. I mean, you could boil so many things. I love grinding your gears going. about this. Too bad Mike's not here, too. Oh, man. I'll grind they his gears later on the listening mail section. There's at one point early in this trailer too, and it's like, feed, yeah, the, feed fire, the fire. Like, oh, that's yeah. Souls. <laughs> yeah. They wanted you to think it too. You know, they wanted you to think it. Was oh yeah, be. they did. I mean, this part's gorgeous too. Like, look at this. Is like ashy. Like that's Dark Souls three. Let mm-hmm. the last cinders burn. Like that's all of fucking Dark Souls three. And they get this little. Guy. Like he looks. Cute. I don't. Want him. Reminds me of Death Stranding a little bit. Yeah, it's the big backpack. Carrying his packages. And then you're like, holy shit, no, it's armor core. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. You let out like a breath at this point. Okay. 90% of Souls fans were like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What is an armored core? And now um, 90% of those 90% are like, oh, I've always been an armored core fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm a big armor core. I know there are at least five other games, so that's something. I, you know what but I will yeah. say about this? Like, I'm way more of a mech person than you. Is yeah. <laughs> I really love the the design of the robots themselves that we see in this trailer. Like, they're, they're kind of Gundam-like, but they don't have that anime style. And instead, it's replaced with, mm-hmm. like, more of a... I don't want to say dark, but it's like, man, these things are, like, made for war. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. look, like, violent. They do, yeah. I think that the very least, like, that's the part I will enjoy is the story and the writing. Like, I don't know how much I'm going to love the gameplay, although I trust From Software and I'm interested to to learn about it. But I think Mm -hmm. the story is going to be good. Like, I've done a little bit of reading about it, listened to some interviews that that Miyazaki's gone on. I actually really respect that they're not making this a Souls game. They're like, no, not. Like, obviously, like, all the articles after this were like, oh, like, how is it going to be Souls? And it's like, no, it's not. It's Armored Core still. Like, that's the point. Yeah, Um, exactly. I mean, sometimes you have to change it up because you can't miss something if if it's always that. Like, and then the next time when, like, Elden Ring was such a success, it almost makes sense (laughs) to do something different than Souls to let people's appetite come back. Because if you did, I think if you did Souls again, not that it wouldn't be popular, of course it would, but there would be a segment of people that would be like, oh, but I'm still playing Elden Ring, it's so long, like I'm not ready for a new version, you know? Um, I don't know, well, that's the way I, I see it. I think what it is, is like, you can do both, right? Like FromSoft has blown up so much, they've been mm-hmm. so successful, and like, they've got a team working on Armored Core, and then they've got another team that's working on like, you know, they just yeah. put up the big up, that update for Elden Ring, they're working on something new, like... They can kind of have their cake and eat it at this well, point because sure. of how successful they've been. And I'm so just like, not so thinking. Oh, sorry. I, oh, would, no, I wasn't I was so just, much thinking about like manpower in terms of making the games. I was thinking more in terms mm-hmm. of like audience appetite and like saturating the market. Because right. if you flood the market too much, anything will anything except Pokemon will eventually <laughs> <laughs> go out of business or like That's become less popular. You know, like we new Pokemon but good. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get out of this. We can't spend the whole day talking about Dark Souls. Come on, we got a time limit here. Um, we have another trailer from a studio that I love and is dear to my heart. It's Yacht Club Games, everybody. This is a project that I've kickstarted um, and I don't kickstart anything. So this is that's a statement for me and how anticipated this is um, on my list. And, you know, Yacht Club has had such a binding contract to 
Shovel Knight because of what they promised as their Kickstarter goals. They blew them out of the water. They had to release four whole DLC campaigns, basically like free, huge story missions for each of these characters for free. And they've finally gotten past that. They've also released Shovel Knight Dig. And finally, last year, we got to see an announcement for their next non-Shovel Knight project, um, which I couldn't be more excited for. So Shovel Knight, as people know, is like a is like a modern take on the 2D platforming kind of, you know, set style of games like Mario. And this is their second follow-up game, Mina the Hollower, which is a modern take on um, like top-down Zelda-style games, um, which of course those are pretty popular these days, but I think Yacht Club has the secret sauce to make one of the best. Uh, <laughs> this is Mina here. Just their style, you, you know? If you had won the um, bet we had for predictions for the year, I would be playing Shovel Knight right now, and I might be even more excited about... That's uh, right. But I'm not, because you didn't win. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Next year. So, that being but, said, man. this... That being said, I respect the hell out of Shovel Knight and Yacht Club, and Mina looks a little bit more like something that might appeal to me. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a different style, right? Like, there's a lot of people that mm -hmm. are way more into these style of games, and, I mean, these are... I think both of us really have an affinity for some of these games. I think back to Death's Door last year. I know that's 3D and mm -hmm. different, but... Um, this is still like I think this will be modern in gameplay style. It just has that retro sort of look to it Yeah, like it is even if you didn't play a ton of these games when you were younger It just feels nostalgic to look at like this mm -hmm. game is absolutely gorgeous Yeah, for the style it was and it emulates it like perfectly and yeah, this looks good. Like I don't know If Shovel Knight, I, I just prefer the style of game. I think and this looks fantastic. Yeah, what I'm really interested about this game in comparison to Shovel Knight, if I had one flaw with Shovel Knight for myself, it's that I think mm -hmm. I would have done with some more puzzles. I really like solving puzzles in games. And yeah. the thing with Shovel Knight is it's got a great balance of combat and platforming, but the puzzles are kind of light. And what I'm looking forward to, I think that was a symptom of like the 2D style of what that game was. Mm -hmm. And But I think Yacht Club has the chops to be you know, add puzzles into what they're doing. In this game, the style of it seems like it might have an even better mix of like combat and puzzles and some platforming. And so that's what I'm yeah. looking forward to as well. But man, I just can't wait for, for me. <laughs> I think what appeals to me most about this trailer is the movement. Like mm -hmm. a lot of those style of games, like you get a lot of upgrades, it's awesome. You get like a bow, you get a boomerang, you get a so many like iconic items. But very rarely is like the base movement something exciting. With this, mm -hmm. like she's got that tunnel ability where she's kind of tunneling under and coming out, but it kind of looks like it's telling her in a way where you feel like very fast the character. Yeah. And that's unique to that setting, and that appeals to me a lot, kind of like the speed of it. Yeah, I think so too. And like the skills, like you said, the burrowing, and she's got that whip, which is obviously like I think it might be a Castlevania mm -hmm. sort of reference, obviously. Yeah. There's also the throwable, she's throwing axes and whatnot. And I know from Shovel Knight there was a ton of different weapons you can sort of unlock and use throughout the throughout the game. So obviously this will have the same, I'm sure. And I and you know, some of the abilities are just really creative and they really change the way you can approach things. Um, at least in Shovel Knight that was true, and I'm sure that will be the same case here, you know. So um, I just love it. And the, and obviously the music is another standout portion of Shovel Knight. It's one of the few game soundtracks that I actually listen to, like not regularly, but if I'm looking to like, oh, I want to listen to some game music or something, um, Shovel Knight's mm -hmm. a go-to. And so Mina's is a, you know, I'm sure it's going to be the same in that way too. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, <laughs> well, speaking of games with good music and games that are following, perhaps. Oh yeah, good follow-up. <laughs> Um, we've got the juggernaut of anticipated games, and it has been for quite some time. Yeah, it still it really but has been. It really seems like 2023 is finally the year where Hollow Knight Silks is coming out. Like, this game to me, holy shit, like, this is Elden Ring levels of hype. Mm. Hollow Knight. Team Cherry and the original Hollow Knight is, and I was thinking about this the other day, Hollow Knight might genuinely be one of the only games I've played that I would say is a perfect game. Like, I just wouldn't change anything. Like, there's so many other games I love. Like, I fucking love Bloodborne and, and like, Elden Ring. But it's, like, I have things that I would wish were different about the game. Like, they're, yeah. they have the highest highs imaginable, but they also have some flaws. But Hollow Knight, like, it's just perfect. Like, it's just so 
like airtight in how it was created every single part of the game like bleeds into the other parts in a cohesive way that enhances everything like I generally don't know where I would start if I was gonna say like okay fix it like you know change something yeah and then you then you're like okay let's do it all again with silk song and holy fuck you're playing as hornet this time she's got like a different style of fluid movement which I guess you know, the only downside you could say is maybe she's not as fun as the night is the only concern. Well, we'll see here like, how she looks in the just, trailer. But man. Just look at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hollow Knight's a game that I played back when we were doing PS Plus um, on the regular. And I really enjoyed what I played of it. I had some things I didn't love about it. But, I mean, they're more, like, personal. Not, like, I would say is bad about the game. But it was great. And I wish I had played more. So I'm... I don't know if I would say I'm going to jump into this. Because I feel like I would do myself more of a service to play through Hollow Knight first mm-hmm. but uh, I'm so excited for you to play this though hopefully this year um, the I combat just, looks great this game just lives rent free in my mind like just <laughs> the, the fluidity of the game like I don't think I've ever played another game that feels this fluid like the way that you're jumping around and bouncing off of enemies and platforming and it's just like perfection and that was one of the best things about Hollow Knight and I'm looking like the areas look amazing like you know the art is obviously an incredible part of these games mm-hmm. the enemy varieties are you know extreme even just in a trailer where obviously you don't want to give everything away yeah i mean the the, the other game was so big too that's the thing like the variety mm-hmm. of enemies just keeps up and it's like on such a scope as well like the scope is so large i guess it was all yeah. dlc in the original but i would assume like this is going to come out and be a pretty sizable game at least comparable to like mm. the original Hollow Knight size, which is not anything to sneeze at. Yeah, I, I think the original Hollow Knight, and obviously this is counting like the DLCs, which to point out, were all completely free. Yeah. Um, I think it took me about 40 hours to beat that game, which is like pretty long for a game when you keep in mind was made by three people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't believe they've been, uh, they've extended their team for Silk Song, so... It's just an astounding. Well, Yacht Club did. Yacht Club did. <laughs> for, yeah. for Yacht for Mina. <laughs> for Mina, but I don't think yeah. Team Cherry did for yeah, Silk no. Songs. It is yeah, insane. No, no, no. And that's. I mean, that's a feather in their cap, right? It's pretty, pretty amazing. They're able to work like that, and I guess that also speaks to why it's taking the game a while to come out as well. It's just that they're. Yeah. I guess they're sticking true to what they want to do, working in their own way, and that means it takes a while. But sometimes those. It's like. It's like a. Uh, forgive me for forgetting, but it's the team that makes Cuphead. Like they took five years to make the mm-hmm. DLC for Cuphead, and I mean it's the same thing you're talking about, where it's just like everything is polished to a sheen. There is not one flaw; it is like perfectly made. Mm-hmm. And like I think that's a good comparison to make with Silk Song as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my next anticipated game. Um, speaking of delicious art styles, I think we should just watch the trailer first and then talk about it. This is Sea of Stars, and wow. The art, this is this might be the nicest pixel art I've ever seen. I was so glad that you reminded me that this game existed. Of course, The Messenger was a great game as well. Um, interesting that, well, because The Messenger was a platformer as well, similar to Shovel Knight, and then this is a second game from them, but instead of being Zelda like Mina, this game is a, a turn-based RPG, uh, which is a very big change. Fishing minigames, of course. <laughs> but this look at the, the animation of that giant boss and like this water and the oh my god that giant boss and it, it's like the models themselves are amazing but it's all the extra little it's mm-hmm. the smoke that comes off like the billowing like you know whatever the heck that very energy is around that enemy yeah and like the everything moves right everything has just got a, like a like a life to it I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. pixel games can look not quite as good when they are sort of static and then just the characters move whereas this game is like everything the branches are swaying the fire is flickering the light flickers in and out you know right yeah the grass this is the guy this like eldermas guy mm-hmm. like the smoke billowing off of him and, yeah. and this boss this is very death's door to me this kind of yeah yeah you reminded me of it when you fight the castle <laughs> god it just looks great yeah. though and you know i really like it when studios take these kind of left turns and a studio like oh my god now i'm blanking too the studio that made the messenger made this game 
Um, and the messenger is such an interesting game as well. And I don't think you've played it right, but it's a, it's a 2d kind of like, it's a tough, tough platformer, but partway through the game. And this is a spoiler, but it's an old game. So I don't care. It turns from a six, from an eight bit game to a 16 bit game. And the whole game shifts like your move, your, you get expanded move sets, you get the music changes, you're revisiting the same areas, but in like an upgraded graphic and music style, it does this huge shift and it's really unexpected. Um, and so something like Sea of Stars obviously is starting in that higher fidelity um, graphic style. And they might not do, like, I think it would be kind of weird if they did that same shift. But the studio themselves, they have a precedent for like, wow, that's a really shocking kind of thing to do partway through a game. And I'm just so interested for what kind of creative ideas they might do within this game to change it up and make it a bit more unique. Sabotage Studio um, is the name mm. So I think that's a, a really cool aspect. And then also just, I, I love RPGs like this. I love turn-based combat. Um, I think it's interesting that there seems to be an element of positioning your characters in different locations rather than just being like, your guys are on the left and the enemies are on the right. Mm -hmm. and, and you see moves like there's that boomerang that kind of bounces between the enemies. Like, do yeah. you have to position your characters to set that up? Those type of things. Um, it just seems really intriguing to me. Totally. I, I think I'm a little cooler on turn-based RPGs. I like when there's like... I don't want to use the word gimmick, but something that that is like unique that makes them just a, a little bit different than I kind of use my move at the fight and this person's my healer. So that's what they do. Mm -hmm. I like when there's a little bit more of like a dynamic element to the gameplay. And so that positional system could be what I need. Um, and so I, I want this game to be good because I just want to see like what all the environments look like. <laughs> so my yeah. hope is you play this and then you're like, okay, yeah, you're borrowing it because you're going to love it. It is worth it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a perfect switch game, so I will be getting it physically. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Kate, what's your last most anticipated game for 2023? So my, my final game is, uh, which is funny because there's another from, so there's a from software game on this list. But this is my final game bringing up the souls uh, category for me. <laughs> and this one, this is a game where you may have forgotten that it exists. Um, I did until we talked about out, it earlier. It's called Lies of P and it genuinely looks very souls inspired. Let's, let's start the trailer up while we talk about it because yeah, it does look, look souls inspired. So this looks like very, very souls. There's so many different souls elements to it. It looks very competent, but then you remembered yourself. This game is based off of Pinocchio and the Pinocchio myth. <laughs> the Pinocchio verse. You know everyone's been clamoring for a Pinocchio game for years. I mean, you know, like where's Beyond movie, Dead and Evil right? Two? Where's Hollow Knight Silk Song? Where's our Pinocchio game? <laughs> and like, you can watch this trailer and totally forget about Pinocchio. But yeah, then totally. it's like. Right? But then it's like, oh, no, no, remember. Remember Pinocchio the puppet? Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man, like, the atmosphere is cool. Like, it's really got that kind of Victorian, creepy yeah. setting going on here. Yeah, it does. I I, I love the setting, actually, of this game. I was going to say, like, it. I don't, I don't want to make a Bloodborne comparison because, I mean, it's such <laughs> a, a low-hanging fruit when it comes to these style of games, you know, like, just, yeah. to, just to be like, oh, it's like Bloodborne. Like, at a certain point... There's a big part of me that's like, I wish we could have this style of game, but in a different setting. Like, it doesn't always have to be dark mm -hmm. and gothic and bloody. But at the same time, this game is doing that setting so well that I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't, I want a game in a different style, but not this one. This one does good here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And look, like, that's the pizza cutter from, yeah. uh, from, from This game like... does have sort of like a steampunk element to it that Bloodborne does not. Yeah. Like, it's not a one-for-one -one sort of element no like it is it is not a one for one it's just there there's just a few things that are kind of mm. fun to to pick on yeah. but you're right like it's sort of got like that steampunky kind of mechy sort of feel to it like there's like robot and a lot of the enemies you're fighting seem to be like mm. you've got i think i believe like a trick arm which again is like oh that's sekiro but it's it's a little more steampunky this time yeah um but man like it just looks it just looks good like the font looks good. Like, <laughs> look at that. It's got look a at nice logo. font. I, th I think there's another trailer that came out that's a little bit more mm. combat oriented, where you really get to see, like, there's really nice particle effects. Like, it looks pretty fast paced, but mm -hmm. still grounded. Like, you're not jumping up in big air combos, which is to get a little it's bit blasphemous. Like, Souls fans, Souls fans, <laughs> their throats begin to hurt when they see that. They're like, oh, God, what is this pain? Like, <gasps> you can't jump in the air Fantasy? like that. This, this isn't, this isn't fair. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is this bayonetta? Ugh. <laughs> it's so true. But I mean, this game's got it all. You've got Lady Garman in her wheelchair hooked up to a blood vial, mm-hmm. maybe like some kind of face rot sickness. You got the cure trick arm. In the other trailer, someone carrying a coffin. You got the setting. You got daddy issues. <laughs> it's got everything a good soul game needs. And in fact, <laughs> The tagline for this game is a time when humanity shines. And some could say that is going to be an interesting story beat this game has about like the nature of being a puppet mm-hmm. and like Pinocchio's whole thing, he wants to be human. Right? And so like you could have a Detroit becomes human kind of like, what does humanity mean? Yeah, like, yeah. or puppets different. Like, so you could say that about, I could say that humanity is uh, also a core mechanic in Dark Souls. <laughs> right, which we're not going to talk about because I have to talk which about my life. We're not going to talk about I, I want to say a couple <laughs> things about this game too because just to, um, like this game looks really interesting to me and yeah. you know me, like we talk about Souls a lot. I razz you about it a lot, but I'm interested. Like <laughs> I, I want there to be one game like this, like like Elden Ring did earlier this year that pulls me into this genre mm-hmm. because it is something that's very interesting. I, I have a lot of respect for the games um, and I want this one to do that for me. Um, and you never know, like, we'll see. It's it's very compelling. I like the the sort of, um, here's the thing I'm kind of worried about for this game, then I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of adjacent things you're listing, like, oh, she's kind of like Garmin in the wheelchair. There's the trick arm. It's kind of like Sekiro. The only thing I'm worried about for this game is, like, are they putting too many obvious fan servicey things right. in to ape souls in a way that's, like, they want you to know this is souls so badly that it'll that it'll ring hollow? Just to bring out the word yeah. hollow one more time. You know, like, you know how Souls is so good about being subtle and like, oh, you really have to investigate it and read this yeah. lore and get into it. I'm I'm worried that those aspects that draw people to Souls so much at the mystery might be just like totally gone, far gone in this game. And like, oh, no, here's yeah. a reference to Souls again, blatantly. And like, you know what I mean? And that is definitely a line you can cross. Like, I love when games do like homages and references, mm-hmm. especially when it's something that like they're clearly inspired by. I yeah. get a big smile on my face when I'm playing like um, Dead Cells and one of the paintings in the background of the castle is Hollow Knight. I'm like, yeah, I love cool, homages right? and references, but this, this even to me, this someone this, is very base like knowledge. This is very much like yeah. beating you over the head with like, we like Dark yeah. Souls. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I think what it'll come down to is, is how much is the game doing unique, right? Like mm. these are obviously like big things to put in a trailer that are cool and eye-catching and get people and I think that's not a detriment, but what you need when you have a lot of clear direct comparison is you need to have unique things that stand on their own, whether that's gameplay, story setting, like you need mm-hmm. to differentiate yourself in some way in addition. Um, and again, that's where I bring back to this game on Pinocchio. Exactly. <laughs> Which is fucking yeah. weird. Um, but that that's gives the- them like, you know, like that's that's a unique identity that they could really you know, go hard mm-hmm. into that makes it very different. That's um, the last thing I was going to say about what encourages me for this game that might be the one that'll bring me in the most is because one right, of you're the, a big Pinocchio fan. I'm a huge Pinocchio <laughs> fan. I fucking love Pinocchio. Uh, no, it's that because it's based on Pinocchio and it's based on the work of this author, the storytelling mm-hmm. style might not be so opaque because mm-hmm. one of the things that I have respect for again about souls is the way they tell stories. Obviously the stories are incredible, but for someone like me that Mm -hmm. sometimes struggles to get through the game and I don't really want to spend the extra time piecing it together while I'm just trying to not die. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard for me to get the story beats out of it. And so if this one has the rest of the elements of those games, which are good, but tells me a bit more of a story I can understand without watching 400 hours of videos on YouTube, that might be a good thing. (laughs) Um, Anyways. Let's move on to one more game, which uh, has an excellent vibe, just like the Pinocchio Lives of P game. And this one you, uh, is kind of for both of us, but it is my one of my mm-hmm. most anticipated, even though I know it's for you as well. And this is something we talked about recently on the show. So let's watch it one more time here from our friends at Supergiant. Oh, boy. Um, oh, man. We talked about art and music and style yeah. in a few games earlier, but like, holy shit, I is mean, Supergiant yeah. the king of <laughs> So what's interesting about this is that, I mean, you see... The, the head flowers, right? Like you instantly know mm-hmm. that it's kind of an Olympus style thing. And but you got the same fire feet yeah, as well. Like, like at this point, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I know it's in the Hades universe at this point, 
But I didn't know, like, oh, obviously this is going to be a different style of game, you know, because they never do direct sequels in mm -hmm. Supergiant. So I thought, well, maybe they're, maybe it's like a Hades sequel, but different gameplay style, right? Um, and as much as we've been kind of praising other studios for taking left turns, for this game, I couldn't be happier that it's going back to the well. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's cool. Like, I saw this and I thought it was DLC because in my yeah. mind, Hades is still relatively new. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I did not expect the scope of this game to be sequel. And, and maybe, like you said, with the pedigree of Supergiant and just, like sequels are not their thing. That threw me off, but Jesus yeah. Christ. But look at this combat and like the new weapons. She's got like a staff, it looks like, and those little daggers, you know? Mm -hmm. like it looks, new characters. Yeah, it looks as fluid as the first Hades, but mm -hmm. just that extra step up. I wonder if that's how they were able to turn it around a bit quicker, because on its base, like, I'm sure there is a lot of interconnected tissue between Hades and this, you know, in terms of, like, how it moves and the environments. Like, they're they're not that different from what you see here. They're just, obviously, they look different and whatnot, but the core is the same. Right, and you got to think, too, they probably had a lot of ideas in Hades 1 that they didn't end up finding a way to utilize that can either be repurposed or, like, they work better in the sequel than they would have in the original whether mm -hmm. that be like yeah like you said like maybe maybe one of the weapons was considered but then dropped you know yeah. there's i imagine it's easier it probably comes with its own set of challenges that are unique but overall i would say it's likely easier to expand sequel than it is to like totally build something yeah yeah and you know it's interesting too like you mentioned dlc to me i was like i was thinking hades would for sure get dlc over a over a direct sequel not just because of the super giant factor but also just because of the nature of the game like but the more i was thinking about it i think a full sequel does make sense because so much of hades is about the narrative you know and if you mm -hmm. did a dlc i feel like you can't really always tell a full story like that especially in the style that hades does it in a mm -hmm. smaller package and so what sets hades apart from other like like um what's the game that just got the Castlevania DLC dead cells. Like that's oh, a, cells, a good game yeah. to add a little package onto like different ways to run through the game. But for Hades in the way that it had a narrative style that was so unique. Um, I think that kind of justifies a sequel more because you can tell the story of a new character and, and, you know, still have all the stuff that would have been a DLC as well, like weapons and enemies and areas and stuff too. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, what can you say besides, I just can't wait to play this day one. No doubt oh, yeah. about it. This is a day one purchase. I, I cheated by not putting this on the list because I knew it was like a shoe and like when we talked about this episode we joke we're like okay so yeah we'll have seven games because three unique each and then Hades two um, and and that's <laughs> what I was going with for a while but then I was like if I know you're putting Hades two I can play this game of chicken and yeah. put it and have your game exactly well you got Plucky Squire on there for me so we, we traded each other off a little bit uh that was great those are fun and man like so many good games to look forward to this year and those are just the ones we know about like these are the games we know about as of january 7th you know there's going to be mm -hmm. so many showcases and things this year games we don't know about uh, just can't wait to see what else there is too mm -hmm. but um for now i guess we'll move on to talk about some games we've been playing as our extra topics so i would love to hear about super liminal kate because this is a game that i've seen and i played maquette a couple years ago which is a similar sort of mm -hmm. idea so i'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, super liminal so this game was amazing. We, for context, we decided to start this up on New Year's. Uh, me and my friends, we were hanging out in New Year's. What are we going to do? We're like, you know what? We'll play Super Nibble. It's like a puzzle game we've owned for a long time. We've never gotten around to Kind of cute. And, you know, we were intending to be up till that midnight. Not a hell of a lot later. We stayed up till 2.30 in the morning beating this game and we did it in a single sitting no breaks because we were just so compelled to keep mm -hmm. playing uh it's awesome it is it starts out and i will say this for anyone if you're not 100 percent sold in the first half an hour keep playing because your mind is going to get blown like it starts out very portal feeling like you're kind of in like a testing sort of center um there's kind of like a, a sarcastic and like very GLaDOS style kind of person talking to you and you know ideas of like 
you know, this is what the testing's supposed to be like. If this is not happening to you, which obviously yours isn't right, then like, you know, you have you have broken 77 rules. Please go back to sleep. Like just kind of silly, funny stuff. It, is it actually funny? Like does the humor hit like Portal? It's pretty, I think it hits like Portal. I think it definitely feels like it's trying to be Portal, which maybe detract a little bit. And again, if you haven't played Portal, yeah. then, you know, it would just probably feel really funny. And so it kind of starts out, you're playing with a lot of perspective where this this puzzle game Yeah, video listeners off. right there saw that painted chess piece was pretty damn cool. Yeah, some things are secretly paint, which throws you loop. But a lot of it is like, okay, you pick up this block and it's this size, but depending on where you hold it, the perspective makes it look bigger or smaller. And then when you, you know, you can manipulate it so now it is that. So like mm -hmm. you're taking a lot of like tiny little chess pieces that are chess piece size, but if you hold them close to you, they look big. And now suddenly they just are that big. And, you know, like you get this little tiny cheese and then you can make the cheese huge. And now it's like a massive ramp to get mm -hmm. up to, mm -hmm. to higher places. And so it kind of starts like that. And I would say if I had a complaint to kind of like tutorial feeling section is a bit long because it sort of gets you to reiterate the same puzzle quite a few times. And I, I kind of got worried maybe about like half an hour in that like, okay, is this like what we're going to be doing for two hours? Cause like, I'm kind of good on making big, um, <laughs> like more cheese is just always going to be better. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the game expands out tremendously. Mm. Like it's kind of chapped into different concepts start with, with like the size perspective. And then you get another one sort of like abstract. So for example, like, if you there's like certain painted rooms and you need to get something to put on a switch and you don't have anything that you can interact with and then you realize that if you stand a certain way the way that like paintings and like certain parts of the environment line it makes it look like it's a cube and so mm. when you're looking at it from that perspective it becomes a cube and you can now pick it up as if it's like the interactable object. Yeah, right. Because what is true from your perspective is true within the rules of the game, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So there, there's definitely some light bulb moments like that where you go like, oh, hang on. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, I mean, and I would say like that felt like a big moment at the time. And that is like nothing when it comes to the turns of the scope of this game and how outrageously creative and mind-ending it like mm -hmm. you go into some areas that just like we were sitting on the couch and something would happen and all of us would be like gasping like we were at we were reacting to this game as if we were like at a football stadium and like our <laughs> team just scored the winning goal we go in and we're like oh my god <laughs> that is pretty cool uh, that's pretty cool yeah. it must be fun to play this collaboratively as well because i'm thinking back to like when i played maquette and trying to solve those puzzles like i got stuck quite a few times because i was just like it is mind bending, right? And when you only have one person's perspective, it's kind of um, tough to break your way of thinking when you get stuck on like, what is the solution? So I feel like it's a fun mm -hmm. setting you've played this game in as well. Yeah, I really recommend this to be played socially. Part of it is like, there's a spectacle element. And so when you go into a place that just blows your mind in terms of like, you know, like now the, the floor is the ceiling and now like you're walking on the walls and like, all this crazy stuff is happening. Like it, it's just nice to, so, you know, it's like watching an action movie with someone and you're just sort of like mm -hmm. caught up in, in the spectacle. Um, but then, like you said, yeah, with the puzzle, it's so nice because sometimes like if you're playing alone, I find I tend to have patience for finishing puzzles mm -hmm. and not that I'm like getting mad, but I just, I try things and I'm more likely to consider looking up a solution. Oh, I look up a bunch of solutions I when I play by myself. Yeah. Think there's anything wrong with that but i do think if you can figure it out without resorting to that it feels satisfying. yeah and so if i'm playing alone i you know i'll try a few things i'll try to think about it you know like maybe go make a cup of tea take a small break figure it out i'm just gonna laugh. but playing together we had times where we were stuck but we didn't look anything up because or i think we looked at one thing at the very end which was convolute but for the most part, one person would click, like one person would get it. And then the next time we were stuck, you know, someone else would click and be like, oh, hang on. And there was even a funny time where we were doing this one puzzle that's it's called, I won't spoil what it is, but it's called the dollhouse section of the game, uh, which is very, very interesting when you figure out how that works. 
and how you manipulate yourself instead of the environment around you yeah. um, in terms of perspective. But we were, we were doing it with a solution that would work. Like we were able to manipulate it in a certain way. Like what we were doing was really, really difficult to do like just mechanically because it, it, we had to line things up in a specific way. And then we're like, we've been trying this. We've almost gotten it to work. We know it can work. And then one of one of us goes like, oh, hang on. What if we just did this? And it like eliminated eight steps <laughs> out of our like nine step plan to make this work because it was just such a more simple solution to the puzzle. And we're like, oh, okay. Like we've been doing this for 15 minutes. We've just done it in two seconds now. <laughs> Amazing. And so that, that was kind of like a, you know, a portion that you wouldn't, that wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. happen on mm-hmm. him. So how long did it take you guys to finish this then? It's pretty short. So I, I think it took us about three and a half, all things told. Like, I think we, we started it late around maybe like 11 o'clock and went till 2.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about three and a half hours, which I think is like a perfect kind of, I think the pacing of this game is good. It starts, it's a bit slow at the beginning. So I say yeah. like, if you're not fully enraptured, just give it time um, because it will pick up and will enthrall you but you might find that first half an hour just be like they're hammering it in a little more than i think gotcha um but in addition to that there's kind of like a like a mystery element of like why you're here in this test in the first time and there's like almost a couple sections that are a bit like scary like huh. it's kind of it's a little bit creepy at one point where you feel like you're sort of and there, there's a lot going on and the end sort of sums up which is it's not a story driven game i would um but the end sort of sums it up with like a really nice message about like how important perspective is just in your in your general life and about how like you know if you really believe you can do something you can do something like the limitations you put are like on yourself and it just kind of came out of left field with this really like positive commentary but then looking back on it 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 was definitely reinforced by the gameplay and it felt earned and so the just the scope of this game is a lot bigger it just than pulls I. the door off there it's awesome yeah you will. that's cool it's you know what, like you, you've convinced me and just watching this now i'm definitely gonna play this this year um mm-hmm. if for nothing else just because it you, the way you're describing the game in terms of like manipulating of yourself even in the dollhouse like there's a mm-hmm. lot of parallels between the this and maquette like they're very yeah. aligned in terms of what you're doing um, the difference was Maquette's a little longer and it does have like an explicit narrative. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to play this and see which one I prefer. And I think it'd be fun if we both swapped and then did a little comparison. That is all oh, this part here. Oh my God. For anyone watching, <laughs> when you go down this hallway and then the hallway's like way fucking Oh my longer. God. Whoa, crazy. Okay. I got to stop and watching this because I'm going to play. Yeah. You gotta stop. <laughs> You're going to start spoiling it. But yeah, what's funny is the second we beat this game, I turned to them like, we're going to play Maquette like yeah that is our next game that we're playing together is maquette because of how much we enjoyed super liminal so um i've already concocted that bet uh, that you've just put out to me but uh, (laughs) the maquette the macbet something like that okay (laughs) all right we'll work on on. while we workshop that let me tell you about what i've been playing i want to give a big thank you to my friend brandon who sent me a lovely little game for christmas this year and this is Gato Roboto, everybody. Um, a lovely little game from Doinksoft, one of the greatest publisher names you could possibly hear. Um, and Gato Roboto is a fun little Metroidvania game where you play as a cat in a mech suit. So how can it get any better than that? I pretended I was Neville the whole time I was playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> Although this cat's name... right now and he looks delighted. That's right, that's right. Uh, this cat's name is Kiki though. But yeah, Gato Roboto is a really little bite side. It took me about three hours to beat it. Uh, just a fun little game to play in a couple of settings. Um, and it's a Metroidvania, I mean, through and through. It's a very, um, excuse me, pared down one, um, which I really liked. You know, it was short and snappy. And sometimes these games, I know you were talking to me about Metroid Dread and you hadn't played for a little while. And you're like, oh, where do I go? You know, and this game has a map, but you don't really get lost because it's so short and bite-sized. You kind of get through it. You're you're in and out and you, you understand the game so well while you're playing, um, which I really appreciated. And... You know, the mech has the standard kind of powers. You have your little laser gun. You get some missile power-ups. You also get a kind of double jump where you can bounce on enemies' heads, which is kind of interesting um, because you can sort of use it to to platform as well as in combat. Um, 
And the unique, I guess, the one unique kind of aspect, because the mech does have sort of a standard Metroidvania sort of, um, you know, control scheme, is that the the crux of it is you can get out of the suit and play as the cat or the mech. So there's not really a morph ball adjacent ability, but you can get out of the suit. Um, and so the mech, of course, has the weapons. You have a health bar. You get your, um, you know, your offense from the mech. But then when you play as the cat, you can come out of the suit and the cat can go in water and swim. The mech uh, will get damaged by water. So question then for you, mm-hmm. it's kind of intended that in like this room, you are the cat, this room, you're the mech. It's, it's, is, that, yeah. is it much of a choice or is it kind of like this area is for cats? No, it's not, a, it's not a choice. It's more like a sort of a puzzle type of thing. So right. you'll go... Uh, you'll go you'll go into a room it'll there'll be a locked door and then there'll be like a little gap in the wall so you've obviously got to get out of your mech become the cat climb up the wall because the cat can climb walls get through the little gap solve a little challenge as the cat and then um the way they do it is when you come uh to a save point the little test tube comes down and the cat the mech suit will respawn so you can go somewhere else as the cat and get your suit back um okay or there'll be like other sections where, like right here, you see in, anyone watching on a video, you got to come down here as the cat and go through this little right. maze. And then eventually there'll be a save point. You'll get your suit back kind of thing. So they switch it up. There's some little areas where you got to do, uh, you know, go back and forth and kind of unlock and drag the mech across on some little platforms and whatnot. It's pretty cool. Um, nothing really like groundbreaking, I guess, but it's just a really solid metroidvania um there's a cute cute little story where you kind of crash land on a planet and the cat's owner i guess he was on the spaceship and he gets sort of stuck in the in the wreckage and so you're you're that's why you're the cat and you're going out trying to like find a way to rescue him uh there's a fun little plot with a little mouse enemy and whatnot um and the the game itself is pretty short like i said it's, it's not too challenging i mean if you've played other metroidvanias before i would say you'll get through this one without too much of a problem. Um, although what I will say is I really enjoyed the final um, portion of the game. There's a bit of a, I wouldn't say it's like a difficulty spike, but there's definitely a, like a little gauntlet you go through at the end of the game, which is like, okay, you know, you understand this game, you've made it through, but let's challenge your skills here for five, 10 minutes. And uh, that was a lot of fun to, to go through. And I really liked that little change up at the end um, when I got to it. So that was fun. Um, you can 100% this game, I think in just a couple hours, there's collectibles, you can get health tanks. And then the other thing you collect is little cassette tapes, which are, um, aesthetically, you can change the graphic style of the game. So instead of being black and white, you can do like different, uh, color schemes, similar to Downwell. If anyone's played that, you know, you can unlock the different, uh, palettes, um, there. So you can do like a red and blue. I was playing like a nice cream and navy blue style. Like, Oh, it looked good. Um, Huh. Yeah. That is really cool. That is, I I had not heard of this or the other game. That honestly, like, is probably my favorite part of this. Is I was thinking, like, I like the very minimal, mm-hmm. black and white. And yeah, it really looks like Mega Man Two or like those old style kind of Mega Man games for anyone watching, yeah. like blocky and um, like those type of mm-hmm. graphics. But here's one yeah, of the boss fights. Yeah, with a little here. bit of shading, so it, it looks nice. But the idea of being able to change colors, like something about that, like that's a cool tangible reward not just like i have 30 feathers or i have this like clickable and like gives me like a bit of like something to read like changing the whole color of a game is cool idea yeah it's like a fun little thing right like you say it it adds a little something and like it just swaps the colors nothing major of course but kind of cool and uh but yeah gato roboto i mean it's it's cheap too if you're looking for a little metroidvania you want to do a little change up like i beat god of war i'm planning to start some other bigger games soon this was like a perfect little palette cleanser you know those five hours Mm -hmm. or less tight little experiences get in and out beautiful game totally recommend it and uh first game beaten this year for me kate gato robot nice that's awesome and super liminal is the same for me technically <laughs> at 2 30 <laughs> on january 1st technically i played the i mean if we started at 11 finished at 2 30 the majority of the game was a 2023 this, yes, is, true. this is true put it on your list yeah, all right everybody time to beat first one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right All right, well, before we get to the end of the show here, we do have, as always, listener mail, where we have a very unique submission this week. And without any further ado, I guess I'll just let you take it from there. Right. So this is a listener submission from last week that I I built upon and thought uh, the inverse was fun. So last week, we had a really fun question, um, which was like, what would be the best desert island game? Like if you were stuck on a desert island, like what's the best game that you could bring with you? And we had a lot of fun talking about that. And then after the episode, we were kind of joking around about it. And the the idea of the inverse question popped in my head 
is what would be the worst game to bring with you? Like oh, you're man. stuck on an island and you could only have one video game. What is the worst game that you could pick? So we were, <laughs> and I think, yeah. So after the episode, this is more fun. <laughs> after the episode, we were talking about this just like after we had stopped recording, and it was just a joke. And the th- first thing that came to my head was like, "Oh, it's Florence. Like, it's it's a short little game. Like, it's an amazing game. Everyone go play Florence. But like, it's so short and it's so emotional. There's like almost no mechanics. It's like it would be horrible to just replay over and over again. Like, it would be horrible. We were laughing so much. And then it was your idea to use this as our listener mail question for the week, and mm-hmm. it couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> <laughs> so um we do have some some listener um responses actually on from twitter and from a couple friends as well i think you said you had some some people right but yeah so i'll, I'll maybe start with that because it was a good friend of the show jonah who um proposed the desert island question in the first place um and so i i obviously had to follow with him like what would be the worst desert island game and he gave me possibly the funniest answer i could have ever thought of so shout out to Jonah and also congratulations on beating Plague Tale Requiem. You beat James. Uh, congratulations, and, Jonah. And uh, we've been crying about it together for the last day. And I appreciate that. I'm not alone. Um, but he said the worst Desert Island game to bring is Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bad one. <laughs> Which is bad. Think about that game is just like kind of interesting the first time, right? Where you get through all the twists and turns. But then it's just like, a really cringy, like, yeah, like, um, cringy game that, like, you know, you know what the twist is. Hundred percent, and narratively, like, funny. it's not like you could improve at the mechanics or like practice. Like, you're just reading, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a bad exactly. one. Exactly, it is that's a true. bad one, but just something about it being like a sad kind of like cringy dating sim slash like, you know, twisty game mm-hmm. is not. not it's a bad combo. Type. We also had some responses uh, on Twitter here to uh, to our tweet, which is funny. Our mom replied, and she said Tony Hawk and tagged you, which is maybe the greatest response of all time. I think that is the greatest thing I've that has ever come out of this podcast yeah. is my mom blaming me for Tony Hawk. That is amazing. Um, but honestly, she's right. That is the worst game you could possibly bring yeah. definitively. Um, I don't but, you know, know. will I, I entertain that... some other ideas just in case? <laughs> yeah. Um, James Holiday wrote in, said Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Interesting pick. He must not be a big Zelda fan because I I don't know. I think you could do a lot worse than, than a Look, game like Look, if that. you've ever played those, if you've ever done that tutorial of like 45 minute wolf section, you're just going to sit and play with the sand like no okay um jazz writes in says pokemon scarlet and violet which i know he's really down on those games and i mean they've got their issues but man there's a lot to do in that game it might be good to have on a desert island um honestly uh and then we have friend of the show mr del monster our previous guest who's outing himself has have have never having played brothers of tale of two sons because he's saying this game is a multiplayer game so my friend mike i'm putting you on blast not only are you getting called out for this but now you have to play Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, mm-hmm. because for you owe it to yourself uh, to play that masterpiece of a game. So, uh, you know, and realize you can do so by yourself. Um, but he also mentioned Sonic 06, which is a great shout for one of the worst games you could possibly bring <laughs> to, to a desert island. So you redeemed yourself a bit on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, James, then what? So we've had some bad options. Like, these, these are pretty rough. And Florence might still be winning. Did you have anything other than Florence or are you solidified no, like that? I, mean, is, that I is still fun. think Florence is the worst. Just putting myself, I mean, I'm thinking Sonic 06, right? That game sucks, but at least mm-hmm. there would be some kind of like morbidly like, oh, I wonder if I can beat this without falling through the ground and like trying to get yeah. through the game. You know, you could, you could kill some hours playing that. Florence is just so short. I really think it is the worst, but I thought of something that could be potentially uh, just as bad. So I'll, I'll tell you. My honorable mention actually for this was Erica because I thought like, the potential of having to have your game system and your phone, it just it just makes it so like there's more potential to get sand in either one of those and it doesn't work. So you couldn't play it. You can break it easy. Because you need two devices. So I thought that was a right, bad one. Right. It's also narrative, like, you know, not so great to replay. But no, there's something worse. Here's the worst game, Kate. And I'm interested to see what you think. So remember back on PS Plus, I played a game called Stranded Deep which was about surviving on a My desert God. island. And that game had a bunch of kind of like janky mechanics. Like I remember getting stuck in my raft, you know, one time and I couldn't mm-hmm. really pull it over and some weird things. 
But I thought about it and like, what would be worse than being stuck on a desert island and you're like chopping down wood and you're like trying to build a fire and like get some shelter and, and like hunt for some food, you know, like you're desperately trying to survive. And then you get your couple hours in the evening, you're trying to relax. You're like, fuck, I just want to kick back and enjoy myself. You boot up the one thing you bring with you. And what do you do? You do the same activities again in a video game. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. That genuinely might actually like that would suck. That would suck. That would be so horrific. You'd have no leisure <laughs> that time. That is like that is like <laughs> a like sick twisted joke. Like that is like um like rolling the boulder up a hill for all of eternity level, like sick and twisted. <laughs> totally, right? Like not only am I starving, but I turn on Stranded Deep and my character is starving. And now <laughs> I'm just having a, a bad time two times in a row. <laughs> that is so funny. I think your your submission is better than mine. Um, but I think I did come up with a funny answer. And I know a lot of people like this game and this series, so it's maybe not definitively the worst, but I tried to think what would be the worst for me. And my qualifications were like, it's already got to be a bad game and it's got to be a game that like sucks to replay so that you can't even like like you said with like sonic 06 like at least you can kind of give yourself like self-imposed challenges or like i'll see how fast i can do this level. exactly like, you could try and speed run it right or something like that yeah there's something you can do to motivate yourself to like want to put some time into it but i thought the worst game that i could bring is the original five nights at freddy's because <laughs> like what? you just sit there it's so weird like you just sit there right and you like it doesn't really have a story it's just those like stupid mechs and like a horror game sucks because the whole thing about the horror game is like it's only scary at the beginning when you play it right because like eventually like, the monster catches you like you you do the jump scare and it's no longer scary so you play five nights at freddy's and yeah you get like jump scared by the stupid like bear guy who have is it is that freddy i don't know i don't you know get scared actually. by that guy and then you know it's no longer scary there is zero value to the game which was already like a pretty gimmicky shitty game to begin with <laughs> his name is freddy fazbear yeah so like what does freddy fazbear have to offer you out like once you've played this game like twice that's true a horror game is like, a great nomination because you really just lose all impact once you know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Wow. And this is a horror game that like doesn't really have a story or mechanics. It's just looking at like surveillance monitors. <laughs> <laughs> it would be terrible. It would be terrible. I mean, yeah, those are some bad picks. Some bad picks for sure. Stranded Deep. I mean, there's a lot to do in that game. You could get a lot out of mm -hmm. it. It's just the, <laughs> the repetitive it's, it's activities. The mental, yeah, it is the cruel joke that your life has turned into. Wow. <laughs> Great responses all around, though. I still think Florence takes the cake. It's just something about replaying that game endlessly every day for entertainment. Right. Is just when so you fun. like, when you, it's kind of guess, like a horror game when you know, like, the emotional gut punch of the story and then yeah. you, like, watch it six times. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it just loses all sense of, of what the point is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but at least Florence is good. That's the one thing it's got for it. At least it's good to begin with. There we go. Well, that's Listener Mail, everybody, and that's the show. So if you would like to write in Listener Mail and be really cool, like Kate did for this episode, <laughs> you can do so to cloudcontrolpod at proton.me or get in touch with us on Twitter or anywhere else you're listening to the show. Uh, write in your questions and comments, and we would love to read them out and answer them just like we did today. Um, and like we said at the top of the show, thank you all for listening and supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, that's going to close us out for the show today. So thank you all very much for listening. We'll be back next week. And until then, this has been Cloud Control, the gaming podcast that's not just good, it's good enough. Uh, see you next week, everybody. Bye.